0: You are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist and I've done research over 10 years and I found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I found as well as all the information that's out there that that will help you get control of your blood pressure Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Hello, hypertension resistors. So today I want to talk about ivermectin again. Now we all know the World Health Organization and the Food and Drug Administration do not recommend ivermectin for the treatment of prevention of COVID. I am talking about ivermectin not to recommend ivermectin. I just want to get the word out. I want to educate the general public, especially people that may not even know what ivermectin is. I've met so many people who don't even know what I'm talking about. So in this video, I would like to highlight some of the researchers and doctors and educators who are out there trying to bring awareness to this topic as well. So I can share with everybody that don't even know what I'm talking about. So let's get to it. Now, perhaps I'm part of the cult and perhaps ivermectin is a hoax, (laughs) but I don't think so. And there are studies after studies after studies and testimony after testimony after testimony and all of this, some people are still saying is anecdotal. Uh, call it what you want, but I, I'm telling you, you, you just can't ignore this evidence, especially when you're looking at the fact that we're headed towards herd immunity here in the United States. But look at the debt rate. So in this video, I'm going to highlight some of the people that I've heard. Don't get me wrong now. It's coming down, but just not fast enough. Let's hear from Dr. Paul Malik, and he's going to tell us what ivermectin is and the mechanism of ivermectin, just in case you've been under a rock and you don't know. Now, keep in mind, this is not medical advice. You should get any medical advice from your health care provider.
1: Uh. And this sounds really stupid and childish, but if you were to design a drug for COVID, I think ivermectin would probably be near the top of the list. It actually does everything you want it to do. So ivermectin has antiviral properties. It also has very potent anti-inflammatory properties. There are some people who have a skin condition called rosea where they have significant inflammation of the skin, and they use topical ivermectin as an anti-inflammatory. It so happens that ivermectin paralyzes worms and parasites and does bad things to parasites. It paralyzes them and they die. But ivermectin, for very mysterious reasons, is a very potent antiviral drug. So it acts against Zika virus, it acts against dengue virus, it acts against influenza virus, it acts against HIV. So it has this broad spectrum antiviral property. And, you know, studies have shown that there's not just one mechanism, there are multiple mechanisms by which it acts as an antiviral. Um, So one of them is to block proteins getting into the nucleus. And that was what Kelly and Wagstaff described. And it appears that ivermectin is very effective against hepatitis E, and that appears to be the mechanism. But what's also interesting is that ivermectin has activity specifically against SARS-CoV-2. So it binds the spike protein. So the spike protein is that very toxic protein, spike protein. It's a toxic protein. So, so ivermectin actually binds and docks spike protein. So it may, um, you know, in, enhance clearance by the body. It also binds to the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase. So it's that enzyme which allows the virus to replicate It also binds to a protease, much like the HIV proteases, which chops up the RNA. So that ivermectin acts via multiple sites to prevent replication of this virus.
0: But let's hear from some very qualified scientists and medical doctors about ivermectin. One in particular is Dr. John Campbell.
2: We've done interviews with world-leading medical authorities on this channel. Uh, we've looked at quite a lot of other evidence and trials, not least from India and the, India research, the Indian Medical Research Institute, I can't remember what it's called, but who recommend ivermectin. And uh, we've looked at a lot of evidence, and it does seem to be indicating that ivermectin is efficacious in the prophylaxis and treatment of COVID-19. Right. Now, having said that, don't take any treatments based on what I say. Always go to your own doctor. If you want to be treated in that particular way, just go and ask your doctor and see if he'll prescribe it for you. Um, But really, the question has to be asked. In fact, I ask it now to Sir Patrick Vallance and Sir Chris Whitty, Dr. Chris Whitty in, in my country. Will you answer this question? you should comment on ivermectin, really. I really think you should. If it's to say, look, ivermectin is completely useless under no circumstances use it, fine. Say that. But this deafening silence, so much evidence has been presented, and yet the silence is completely deafening. We just don't hear anything about it. Or in the mainstream media, why why is there such um, a lot of silence about this? I'm not providing answers to that question. I'm, I'm asking it. Given this evidence that we've looked at today and other evidence, I would have thought, I would have thought that the World Health Organization might might want to revisit and reconsider its recommendations. I would have thought, but what do I know?
0: So now let's listen to Dr. Uh, Mubeen. Dr. Syed Mobin and his interview with Professor Hector Carvalho from Argentina. So here, let's listen to what they have to say.
3: Well, um, first of all, I have to confess I'm not uh, an anti-vaccine guy. I've never been so. I'm pro-vaccines, provided they are serious, hmm? and provided they have uh, proved to be either effective and safe. If they are not, I'd rather pass. And uh, now they have been trying uh, vaccines on um, subjects under 18 years old. I guess we have never said uh, it's a matter of vaccines or ivermectin. We have always said it's a matter of vaccines and, Ibermectin. no extreme is advisable, Mm. being anti-vaccine vaccine vaccine is bad, being pro-vaccine for anyone, no matter what, is the other extreme, and no extreme is advisable, we we must find something wise in between and attach to that,
4: that's it. Absolutely. And um, just to add some examples to this one, this statement that Dr. Carvalho, for example, in Netherlands, we saw that folks who were too fragile, when they were given vaccine, they could not handle the side effects. So it is not the vaccine that caused their death, but still it was the side effects that their bodies could not handle and they died. So eventually it became the vaccine that led them towards that. So that created a rule in Netherlands to say, if somebody is too fragile, please don't give them the vaccine. Similarly, adenovirus-based vaccines under 50 years of age for women have seen to be causing uh, clotting. And so a different kind of vaccine should be used, or if this vaccine is the only option, then should be used with a complete protocol. So I think uh, that is the kind of wisdom that should be applied instead of blindly anti-vax or pro
0: And what about Zimbabwe? Dr. Stone has had much success in Zimbabwe and she's been very strategic. Let's hear what she has to say.
5: Okay, my name is Dr. Jackie Stone. Um, I work at the Optimal Health Center um, and my role is as a family medicine physician. I see basic protocols were coming out and it was quite clear that you had um, mild disease, then you had or stage one disease two a two b, and then stage three disease. so we followed those, but the system just became overwhelmed and on between in the last few days of July first week of August, we were just it was just pandemonium um and what I had was I had an auto reply on my whatsapp that said, if you need um, an assessment by a nurse phone this number, this number, or this number. If you need an ivermectin prescription, phone this number, this number, this number. So we had it all organized. And I think we probably managed hundreds and hundreds of patients a day within our team and then outsourcing it to teams elsewhere. So in pa- patients saturating between 39% and 90%, we had a 3.8% death rate compared to the state hospital, which has a 35% death rate. So it looks like we've got probably almost a tenfold reduction in mortality. Treat early, treat early, treat early. Do not go home and and wait to get sick. COVID in Zimbabwe at the moment is very much under control. Our concern as the frontline clinicians is that people have very short memories. And so you say to someone, are you still on other medicine? Oh, no, 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 we don't need to take it anymore. COVID's gone clinically. And so, you know, WHO, people who follow the WHO guidelines um, can do so. But if we follow them, we are going to go back to 70 deaths a day.
0: Wow, that's really incredible. So, lastly, we will hear from Dr. Christie. Let's hear what she has to say to the World Health Organization and the FDA.
6: My name is Dr. Christy Reisinger, and today we're going to continue to talk about ivermectin. To my shock and dismay, the previous video I published on December 22nd about ivermectin was taken down by YouTube. But because I think this information is important, I'm again publishing a video about ivermectin. But I want to clearly state that I am not recommending that anyone take ivermectin at this point. I'm simply giving people data and information about the studies that are available now to allow the public to understand more about this medication. There is some exciting data about ivermectin, and it's time for governmental agencies like the NIH and WHO to take the lead in evaluating the available data and give guidance on how and when ivermectin should be used.
0: If the World Health Organization and the FDA could complete their review on ivermectin and if they would find ivermectin to be safe and effective and perhaps useful during this pandemic, I wonder if we would have the same success as this prime minister is having in India. I just wonder. So that's all I have for you today. Stay tuned to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where I'll tell you more about what everybody ought to know about hypertension and about trending topics. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next